for the Asian Racing Report podcast. I'm Andrew Lejeune. It's part three and the final part of our Hong Kong preview for the season 2023-24. And today we're looking at the horses, the equine stars after delving into the trainers and jockeys ranks over the two previous episodes. Today we examine the most interesting horses lining up for the new season and some potential up and coming stars as well. My colleague, Michael Cox, editor of the Asian Racing Report, joins me to analyze the horses, the path they're likely to follow and any possible surprises as well. All right, Michael, let's jump straight into it then. In terms of the top horses in Hong Kong, they're all back again this year. And there's only one point separates the top three rated horse in Hong Kong. That's Golden 60, Lucky Swainess and Romantic Warrior. Is that where we start? That is where we start. Three very different horses with incredibly different outlooks and plans for the season upcoming. Golden 60, of course, is the... Um the Hong Kong hero has been dubbed in the past, but Lucky Sway actually holds the same rating as at the moment on 131. Um, interestingly, there's a number of angles as opposed to Golden 60 story coming into this season, one being his jockey Vincent Ho, who's currently sidelined through injury, but we expect him to be back, as we discussed on the previous episode. But also his campaign this year, which means we might not see him until December. Yeah, first up into the Hong Kong mile, Golden 60 is now eight years old and his trainer, Francis Loy, and his owner, Stanley Chan, have decided to head into the December race without a lead-up run. I don't know what you think about this, but to me it speaks of a, it's a bit risky. And uh, I spoke to Vincent Ho earlier in the week and he was very confident that the horse is great fresh, um, performs well, has done in the past, but what do you think coming into a – a race first up, obviously some strong competition will come from uh, Japan, but in this race last year, California Spangle beat him on his merits. Mm. Yeah, he did. A lot of that came down to the, the, the tactics maybe and the way the race was was run, but um, he is getting older. He's, he's eight years old, so they're obviously trying to look after him as much as anything else. I don't think there's been a hint or any um, suggestion that there's anything wrong with Golden 60, but he does have a great fresh up record. And um, in the past, I think there was possible talk of this may well be his last season. So if it is going to be his last season, they they start it later and they're not exposing him to as much pressure leading into that race. And they can um, hopefully, I suppose, from their point of view, is they're looking to, to win the race, obviously. And I still think as far as Hong Kong is concerned, he is the horse to beat, um, given what he's achieved over the last two or three seasons. Um, but yeah, it's all out there. It's all or nothing, isn't it, on the big day? It does. Brings a lot of pressure too with the situation. I've spoken to Francis Loy. He said, no injuries, no concerns, just simply a case of what we think will produce the best performance on that big day. And then after speaking to Vincent Ho, who's sort of part of that brains trust. He's ridden Golden 60 in every single one of his starts and he's part of that decision-making process. I think he feels that it's not a precursor to retirement, which I think a few people have suggested that maybe going first up and it's like this is it for him. But actually the the mindset is that maybe by giving him this freshen up through the, the start of the season and until uh, December will allow maybe for some longevity on the other side of it. The plan is to race on beyond the Hong Kong mile. Mm. Okay. Well, Gus Golden, um, 60. Are we likely to see him race against Lucky Swain S, do you think, at, at some point through the season? 
unlikely, you would think. I, I think that as he gets older, would that freshen up? Would he come back to 1,400 or go further to 2,000? I think Lucky Swayness is a horse that, as well that you'd want to stay away from, yeah? Manfred Mann doesn't seem to be the, the sort of person who'd shirk a challenge. You'd actually take one on. There's a chance that Lucky Swayness goes up in trip and they, he goes up to the 1,600. I Look, Lucky Swayness is in for the first meeting of the season. He's in the Chief Executive's Cup. And I think, actually, there's a rumour that um, Manfred tried to enter him in a bicycle race because there weren't enough horse races for him. And they said, now that's a horse. Um, Manfred Mann, of course, uh, is trying to get another extension. He had his, mm. he had his license extended um, beyond 65. Uh, he didn't meet the performance criteria, but got a, a special discretionary extension of his license pretty much based on the fact that he had Lucky Swayness, this highest rated horse in Hong Kong, and he is out to take advantage of the fact that he has a really great horse in his stable and he's sending him out for the first meeting of the season. The highest rated horse in Hong Kong has raised a few eyebrows uh, around the horse's longevity. One race that they did not enter him in, which is a little bit disappointing, and there's a there's a fair bit of disappointment out there at this decision, is the Everest. Mm. Um, he was in betting for the Everest. There were discussions about it with the owner and the trainer, Manfred Mann, who was not going down to Australia for the world's richest race on turf. Look, he would have been a, maybe single figures in betting for that race. That is disappointing and pretty puzzling to, um, to not take a shot at a race where with no entry fee, where say, come down here and yeah. and race for a whole lot of money. But uh, so Lucky Swainess will be in a lot of races this year. Maybe, yeah, if he can sneak another run in by getting him up to 1,600, I'm sure he would. All right. Well, talking of overseas campaigns, Romantic Warrior, it would seem, is heading in that direction, coming to Australia, uh, ultimately for a Cox Plate bid. It's a audacious um, campaign. We'll talk about maybe where it hurts his his local chances when he comes back to Hong Kong um, after that. But in terms of what he's achieved, 2,000 metres does seem to be his pet distance, and he's been absolutely brilliant on a couple of occasions in Hong Kong last year, particularly in December. Um, how do you see his season uh, planning out? I suppose hard to say what his chances are in at Mooney Valley um, in October, but overall um, they'll be hoping to get back to um, to Tim for December and, well, the, and the Cup again. Well, let's break it down into two parts. The trip first, he's going for two races in Australia. That's the plan. He'll leave yeah. in, um, in, a, in a week or two's time. That's the plan. If they're sticking to it, that's what it'll be. And he'll go to the Turnbull Stakes at Flemington over 2,000 metres on October 7. Two runs in another country? There's a school of thought that one run is better. Um, two runs abroad. Look, we saw this horse last year. I, I think first of the Cox Plate, great. You know, I, I can't sit here and complain about horses not travelling from Hong Kong and then cast doubt on what it might yeah. mean for the rest of the season. Good on them for being adventurous and then and putting these ratings to the test. That's what I like most about this, that the Hong Kong horse ratings, then horses from Hong Kong aren't travelling as much as they were, but their ratings are higher than ever. So at some stage, one of these top-rated horses has to step out and stop that number from being a number on a bit of paper to being a rating in reality. And his rating says that he should be favourite in the Cox Plate. His rating says that he should win. 
and I think there's no excuses for him. Now, what you raise is interesting about what does it mean for the rest of his season? We saw last year, Romantic Warrior went second up into the Hong Kong Cup. He demolished them. One of the great performances of international race, Hong Kong international race's history dominated, but there's a school of thought there that he came off that run and it flattened him. Uh, a bit of controversy as well. He was defeated at his next two starts, once at a mile, which was understandable, mm. and then at 2,000 metres when there was some suggestion later on in hindsight, trainer Danny Shum revealed that the horse had been battling a elevated temperature in the lead-up to the race. Now, He'd missed some work as well going into that. Missed some work. Miss Key Gallops was defeated. Now he hit back with a win in the uh, Queen Elizabeth, the QE2 Cup, defeated in the Champions and Chater. So I wouldn't say mixed form. His form reads no worse than second. Mm. And one of those is an incredibly brave defeat to, to Golden 60. Look, I, I think credit on them for trying, but there has to be some doubts about whether you can come back or this horse in particular can come back from two runs in Australia and then back to try and replicate that performance of last year in the Hong Kong Cup, which is a really tough race to win. This isn't the Hong Kong Sprint Mile dominated by locals. They This is where Hong Kong strength is, but the 2,000-metre horses that can come from Europe uh, can be pretty tough opposition, but the horses that come from Japan, now there are some competitors and Romantic Warrior, can he bring his best form back to Hong Kong? That's a big question for later in the season. Yeah, can he peak twice in the space of a couple of months, um, really? Those are the big three names. Golden 60, Lucky Swainess and Romantic Warrior. Special mention for California Spangler and Wellington as well, the top five. But who's next as far as the champions are concerned? You mentioned, you know, Golden 60s, um, eight years old um, now. Where are the horses that we're looking at to to step into the, the next ranks? We talked about, actually, there's two derby winners there, isn't it? Golden 60 or Romantic. Warrior, so maybe Voyage Bubble's a good place to start there. Voyage Bubble, really interesting horse. And I have high hopes for last year's four-year-old crop and the derby winner, uh, Voyage Bubble. Knee surgery um, shortly after the derby, paid the price for that campaign. What a win in the derby. You know, we talked about Alexi Bedell's ride in the, the Hong Kong derby. Really brave ride to change up the tactics to make the mid-race move, but he had the horse to be able to do it. And I think maybe it took the the shine off Voyage Bubble's performance, that the ride was so audacious that we all talked about it, and rightly so. But you had to have the right horse to be able to do it, to unfurl with that big long run. He's versatile. He can take up a position because two runs before that, Jamie Carr rode him in the Hong Kong Classic Mile and he, he led all the way. Really excited about this horse's future. He's just coming back, though. Uh, first fast work just last week. I'll be interested to see him at the trials. I think we'll see him at a mile and uh, hopefully can reclaim that form from last season because if he does, he makes for such an interesting mile category. There's a lot of competition there. Mm. I do wonder, the injury aside, whether it'll be slightly overlooked because of the fact he was a surprise in the derby, but he so he won the first leg of the four-year-old series. It was unlucky, loosely speaking, in, in leg two and then won the derby with that brilliant performance. So... It's incredible um, to think that, well, hopefully he can come back and emulate the likes of Romantic. I suppose a little bit Fiore did the same thing, didn't he? But a Romantic Warrior or Golden 60, that's what one, one thing about Voyage Bubble at a mile and that I, I love horses that can race handy at a mile at Sha Tin, I think there's a huge advantage and, and they just take luck out of the equation. As we saw with California Spangle in the Hong Kong Mile last year, is he as good a horse as Golden 60? 
I don't think anyone's suggesting that, but he can beat him on his day because he can get out in front if he leave, if left alone, can take advantage. And that's maybe the horse that Voyage Bubble could be. All right. Other horses uh, worth a mention? Beauty Eternal? Last year's most improved horse from the John Sire stable. He needs to take another step. I know that sounds crazy for a horse that performed. He, he beaten a very short margin in that Hong Kong derby mm. um, into third. But John Sires, now this isn't a criticism, but let's just bring it up anyway. John Sires, a disproportionate amount of horses that have reached this kind of level, let's say, the 120 Raiders. Mm. He's only ever had two Horse of the Year winners. John Sice, for all of his consistency and his ability to do exactly what he's done with Beauty Eternal, which is to take a 52 Raider, an unraced horse, into Hong Kong and progress him to the top grade, no one better in history. Maybe no one better at training horses in Hong Kong history. We wrote it this week in, um, in, a, in my column. But is Beauty Eternal another one of these derby winners? You look at a couple of sizes, other derby winners, Luger, Ping High Star, it fell by the wayside. There were injuries it, it and might internal have, problems. Yeah, what might have been with Ping High Star. Let's hope Beauty Eternal can can stick around and take that next step. Now, one of the interesting factors with Beauty Eternal, of course, is that he's ridden and he starts by Zach Purton. Mm. And if Beauty Eternal sticks to a mile, which we expect him to, he may have a very difficult decision to make when it comes to who does he ride, California Spangle or Beauty Eternal? There's a lot of factors at play there. Yeah, the fact you've got size and quok as yeah the owner of beauty eternal um the quok family you know they're a big supporter of zach who provide a lot of winners um yeah there's there's some some big questions there and and that's the situation that the top jockeys find themselves in this isn't just simply about winning the race who's the best horse in this race it's those factors behind the scenes and look i'm, I'm not sure I think California Spangle has the runs on the board, but Beauty Eternal, does he have that upside? I certainly hope so. He's one of the most exciting prospects to come through as a PPG in recent years. Mm. I think everyone at some stage, even if you're Zach Purton, has to play the long game as well. Um, but we'll follow that story and see how it develops as well. Um, the horses we've mentioned in previous episodes, um, Dream Winner, I think, has, uh, has cropped up um, before. He's um, horse we were talking about with, with Vincent Ho and his... Potential comeback. Dream, dream winner is a fascinating. Sorry, not his potential comeback. When he does come back. Well, he's uh, Vincent's scheduled to come back on September seventeen, yeah. and he has said, "Dream winner, this horse of Frankie Laws, who's now four, uh, has won three from three and and gone up in the ratings. Um, is a big reason why he's back. He doesn't want anyone else on him." Um, on Dream Winner, interesting, just as a, as a sidelight and something to watch this season, it hasn't been officially announced, but this horse has only been going up 12 points in the ratings as it, as it comes through the grades. Um, I think the nature of his wins, so he's gone from 52 to 64 for a five and a quarter length win on debut, and he went up another dozen points for another two and a half length win. Now he's won by two late last season, and... That puts him on a rating now of, of 85. He only went up 11. Oh, sorry, nine for a two-length win. I think that's quite lenient by, by past standards. Yeah. And I think it's good. I think it's great because too many horses in the past have been 
let's say, crucified at the weights. They've been sent up into the ratings and young horses have been forced to carry weight against older opposition. There's not many stakes races in Hong Kong. There's no age-restricted stakes races other than the three, four-year-old series races. And it's a tough thing to do to manage a horse's career through these early stages. And it's something that size does really well. And I think Dream Winner will come into his next start on September 17 as a very short price favourite. He'll go again 1,000 metres. One thing to watch with Dream Winner, and we put it to Vincent O in our story this week, is that the horse showed a reluctance to come back to scale last start after he'd won up the straight. He barreled up the straight. It was a twilight meeting. The lights were on. He came back. Vincent Ho was celebrating, waving to people nearby, and the horse uh, decided to stop. Now, I put it to Vincent Ho, uh, what prompted that? Have we got another Pakistan star scenario? Is this a horse um, that looked like he might stop in a race because Vincent had to dismount, lead the horse back, the handler, the mafia had to go and sort of give him a hurry up and chase him along to come back. He, he, Vincent, who had actually ridden Pakistan Star in a trial and in some track work when he was uh, racing in Hong Kong, who was, of course, famous for for stopping in multiple races, in multiple jurisdictions, and was a real thinker. Um, Vincent's answer was he's not a thinker. And Dream Winner, look, he hasn't looked like stopping in a, in a race yet. He's an out-and-out sprinter, and I think... Sometimes you can get this wrong with a horse that's only rated 85, a group one sprinter in the making. Yeah, I think we worry about when he does something in a race, if he's stopping afterwards, that's that's perfectly fine. Get get across the line first. That's the that's the important part. An exciting season ahead, though, um, all things um, aside, even with the, the ageing champ still top of the pile. Yeah, Looking forward to the wait. season ahead. Can't wait for but the anticipation of save Golden Sixty being saved for that first up run on International Day. Geez, it builds some it anticipation. Does actually, yeah, I think it adds to the whole drama of it, really, doesn't it? Well, I think it brings the fans in and the people in that they'll be like watching every gallop, every track work gallop, updates from Francis Loy. I mean, I'll tell you what, by the time the horse does race on December 10, Francis will be wishing he hadn't gone first up because he'll be asked about the horse that many times, about its health, about its gallop, how did it gallop. If he wanted my media sort of uh, sort of advice, I would be saying, go second up just for the sake of your phone not ringing and people right. asking how the horse is. Yeah, ask me, that'd be the response. How is he? Ask me late November. We can start talking then. Great stuff. Thanks then, Michael. Thank you. Michael Cox, editor of the Asian Racing Report. Keep following us, of course, on all the socials. Like and subscribe as well. And we'll see you next time. I've been Andrew Jern for the Asian Racing Report podcast. Mm-hmm.